Welcome, everybody. Broadcasting from the famous Jersey Shore, this is Save Coastal Wildlife, the podcast. And my name is Joe Reynolds, Executive Director of Save Coastal Wildlife, an environmental nonprofit dedicated to educating people about the preservation and protection of coastal wildlife along the famous Jersey Shore. For more information, check out our website at www.savecoastalwildlife.org. And the awesome music you hear in the background, well, that's coming from Apache Tomcats, a band out of Texas near Austin, Texas, and they've been graciously agreed to offer their music for our podcast tonight. And to listen to more Apache, uh, to listen to more to Apache Tomcats music, go to the Free Music Archive at www.freemusicarchive.org and type in Apache Tomcat. And I'm joined tonight by one of my best friends and fa- fellow Save Coastal Wildlife member, and that is... Hey, it's me, Jen. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing really well. Thanks for joining me tonight, Jen. It's nice to have you. Always good to be here at podcast time. And you know, Jen, it's been a while since our last podcast. Mm-hmm. I hope you had a really good summer. Of course. I had a great summer at the Jersey Shore. Oh, uh, that's nice to hear. Did you do anything interesting? I did. I actually, I went to Iceland this summer. Oh, uh, that is so cool. It was. It's an amazing place. Volcanoes and geysers and glaciers and icebergs. What was the coolest thing you did in, in Iceland? The coolest thing by far was going to the Westman Islands and seeing the puffins. It's the largest puffin colony in the world. Wow. And wait for it, a puffin sat on my head. Oh, that is so cool, it man. It was the best so day ever. cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, we'll have to put a picture of that up on the internet or something yes. for people to see that. It's really good. Well, you know, uh, we did a lot of bird watching here while you're away, having fun in Iceland. A lot of members of Save Coastal Wildlife did uh, some time bird watching along the Jersey Shore this summer. Uh, I, as well, too, spent a lot of time observing ospreys, also known as fish hawks, because about 99% of their diet is eating fresh fish that they catch along our estuaries and coasts and bays and all over the place. And if you've been following Safe Coast to Wildlife on social media, either on Facebook or Instagram, you can see that we've been following a family of ospreys from the time that the eggs have hatched to the time that they began migration southward for the winter. So you could follow them on Instagram or you could follow us as well on Instagram and on Facebook. But it just wasn't ospreys. All summer, members of Save Coastal Wildlife have been following coastal bird populations along the Jersey Shore. And what we found, Jen, is really disturbing. It confirms what other researchers are declaring about the state of shorebirds around the world. And that's it. We're losing our shorebirds. We're losing our birds in North America. Oh, no. It's very sad. Recently, it's reported that over the past half century, North America has lost more than a quarter of its entire bird population, or around 3 billion birds. That's 3 billion birds. Wow. And that's according to a, ne- a new estimate published in the journal Science by researchers who brought together a variety of information that's been collected on 529 bird species since 1970. So I think I was born... Like in 1930, mm-hmm, so sure. it's it's this is a, it's a study that's been going around uh, not as long as I have, right. but it's been going around a long, long time. Yeah, that's amazing. Their results show that more than 90 percent of the loss can be attributed to just a dozen bird families, including sparrows, wobblers, 
blackbirds and finches, those tiny little birds, you know. So cute. So cute. Common birds uh, are decreased. Uh, these are common birds with decreasing populations. Uh, other birds include meadowlarks, dark-eyed juncos, horned larks, and one of my favorite birds, red wing blackbirds. They are decreasing. And this is the problem, is that, you know, you see a couple of red-winged blackbirds, right. you see a couple of wobblers or blackbirds or sparrows in your backyard, and you think, oh, all is good, all mm-hmm. is happy, right? You don't realize that over a long period of time, we're actually losing these bird populations. And it's not just the birds in your backyard. It's a lot of grassland birds. They have suffered about 53% decrease in their numbers, and more than a third of the shorebird population has been lost. And shorebird populations are really suffering a lot because guess what? Guess where most people want to live in New Jersey? On the shore. Yeah, right along the coast, right along uh, the water's edge, as close to the water's edge as you Mm -hmm. possibly can get sometimes. And so that gobbles up habitat. We build lots of malls and houses and McDonald's Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. And we really don't have a lot of habitat for shorebirds. And not only that, but during the summertime, people want to go enjoy the beach. And so we have like thousands of people or millions of people on the beach and there's just not enough space, literally space Mm -hmm. for these birds to have a nest, have a home, look for food and feel safe and not have to worry about getting harassed by people mm-hmm. throwing frisbees or walking their dog or, or whatnot. Fireworks every night of the week. and Yeah, all it's the crazy, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the, however, I should point out, though, the numbers aren't all that bad. There are some bird populations that have increased, and these include mm-hmm. raptors, like bald eagles, their numbers right. are doing well, and waterfowl. Waterfowl is also doing really well. Hmm. And why is that? You might be asking yourself. I'm very curious why that is. Why why is that the case? Why are raptors and ducks doing really well? Well, if you think about it, it's not hard because these birds are closely managed and watched by federal, state, and various nonprofit and volunteer organizations. Mm -hmm. Hunters. Aren't you dating a hunter? No. Didn't you date a guy named Hunter, though? (laughs) Probably. I think you did. So hunters, though, who want large populations of ducks and geese, they're a concern. And they have, they're have they very vocal. And they're like, we want, you know, lots of ducks out there. And so right. the number of ducks and geese are larger now than they really have ever been in a very long period of time. It's not by accident. Mm-hmm. It's because hunters who primarily want to see healthy waterfowl populations for recreational hunting have raised their voices. But who's really raising voices about... Shorebirds or sparrows or things right. like that, right? And so for shorebirds, it's not so much. And this is the problem along the Jersey Shore. We're losing our shorebird populations. And for most people, it's just out of sight, out of mind. They go to the beach, they throw frisbees, mm-hmm. they work on their tan, maybe they're drinking or smoking some marijuana. Who knows, right? Who knows what goes on the beach? Who knows what goes on at the beach? And and they're not really focusing on shorebirds. And who really is focusing on shorebirds? Really not that many people or organizations. We are. Yeah. So Safe Coastal Wildlife is doing it. There's other organizations as well, too. Audubon as well. But it's just hard to get the word out. And uh, this is really disturbing. Shorebird populations have shrunk by 70% across North America since 1973. We've lost about 70% 
of our shorebird population since 1973. That is really disturbing when yeah. you think about that. Because yeah. at one point in time, our shoreline was just had so many shorebirds, and now it's, it's two-thirds of them are gone. Yeah. It's horrible. So uh, check out these, uh, this uh, disturbing information. Overhunting. In the late 1800s and early 1900s, decimated the Western Hemisphere's es- Eskimo curlew. Curlew, curlew, Eskimo curlew. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful bird. You can look it up on the internet. Really amazing bill. And it's gone now. It's extinct. We've, we've wiped it out uh, because of overhunting, right? People just wanted to kill them for their feathers and whatnot. Maybe mm-hmm. they want to eat them. It's gone now. We will never see an Eskimo curlew. Curlew. As long as we ever live. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing as I can't pronounce their name. But uh, we'll, we'll never see that bird, and that's a shame. Since 1974, pectoral sandpipers have declined by more than 50%. Hudsonian godwits have declined by more than 70% as well, too. Bartail godwits probably lost half of its global population within just the past few decades. Populations of sanderlings, which is that sort of uh, characteristic bird along the Jersey Shore you think about or mm-hmm. where you see sanderlings, yeah. uh, they have declined by as much is 80% since the 1970s. Turns, not gulls, but turns. They look like gulls, but they're sleeker, mm-hmm. more uh, pretty, beautiful. They dive headfirst in the water to catch a fish. Rosetta turns, uh, they're listed under the Endangered Species Act. Piping plovers, uh, they're not doing well either. They're listed under the Endangered Species Act. Uh, other species of terns uh, and oyster catchers, American oyster catchers, black skimmers have special conservation status in most Atlantic coast states. Here in New Jersey, the least tern is an endangered species. The spoon-billed sandpiper is, uh, is among one of the most critically endangered birds in the world. You can find them in China because of all the development that's happening in China. That population is decreasing. In 2018, it was reported that the red knot population plummeted by 25% in a single year down in Terra del Fuego due to food shortages in Delaware Bay. So check this out. Delaware Bay, we're losing horseshoe crabs. Yep. And you think, oh, you know, what's the big deal, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we're losing horseshoe crabs, and that's having an impact on our um, shorebird population. It's having an impact on uh, red knots. It's having an impact on sanderlings, a variety of birds who are going down Delaware Bay eating uh, or trying to eat Mm -hmm. horseshoe crab eggs, and they just can't find enough of them. So it's all connected. It's all connecting the environment. And so we've got to protect our horseshoe crabs because that provides food for shorebirds. We've got to protect habitat because they need that to, to nest and to forage for food. The so whole many ecosystem, it's all connected. It's all connected, Jen. It's totally all connected. Many coastal bird species are experiencing population declines here and there. They're facing significant threats from habitat loss and degradation. It really is a serious problem, and I really wish more people would talk uh, about the decline of shorebirds, uh, specifically on the Jersey Shore, but really all over the coast. And one of my favorite shorebirds, and I'm sure it's one of yours too, Jen. It's the red knot. It is one of my favorites. And you just, I look everywhere for them and you just, they're hard to find these days. They are. And people don't realize that 
Yeah, you can find them down in Delaware Bay, but people don't realize that you can find them up over here in the northern Jersey Shore along Sandy Hook Bay. It's a small population. It's not as huge uh, down as Delaware Bay. You could also find some red knots along Barnicot Bay. I mean, they spread out. There's red knots that happen. You could see them in Massachusetts as well, too. Obviously, the largest uh, migration of red knots stops over in Delaware Bay to feed on horseshoe crabs because that's where the largest percentage of horseshoe crabs could be found. But now, with horseshoe crabs dwindling because people are harvesting them for their uh, meat, for their eggs, they, they make bait. They're, they're bait for eels and for whelks. And their blood. And their blood as well, too. It's a good point, yeah. And so people are harvesting them for their blood and for bait. And as a result, we're really losing horseshoe crabs. And those eggs for the horseshoe crabs are really good food for migratory shorebirds. And people often ask me, well, wait a minute. If we get rid of migratory shorebirds, wouldn't then the horseshoe crab population increase? <laughs> and That's I'm an like, excellent question, Joe. Yeah, yeah, people are crazy. Mm-hmm. So, but the problem is, or the real, the reality is that horseshoe crabs make so many eggs, and horse uh, migratory shorebirds are only around for like two or three weeks, and um, horseshoe crabs mate during May and June. So it's really only between like two or three weeks in May that the shorebirds are around, uh, like the red knots, and they're looking for horseshoe crab eggs, and then they're gone. And then the, the eggs after that, those are the ones that spawn and start the next generation of horseshoe crabs. Mm-hmm. So this whole process has been going on for a long, long time. So believe me, horseshoe crabs mm-hmm. and uh, shorebirds have it got going together. They know what's going on. And uh, it's not their problem, it's people problem. It's people taking too much a habitat and too much horseshoe crabs. Yeah, they had a good plan together, the two of them. It was working out really well until we got involved. It's true. It's totally true. So red knots, uh, it's a subspecies that occurs along the Atlantic coast. They once numbered over 100,000 to 150,000, but sadly fewer than 30,000 remain today. It's a population drop of more than 75% since the 1980s. And the plunge in numbers led the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to list the red knot as threatened under the Endangered Species Act in 2014. Unfortunately, so far, it hasn't done too much to help it, but hopefully in the near future, the red knot population will increase. Uh, Red knots are a major concern on several continents. It breeds in the Canadian Arctic. I mean, it's an amazing species because they start their spring migration all the way down in Terra del Fuego, the tip of South America, and they travel like... 9,000 miles to the Canadian Arctic and that's where they that's where they raise a family and they're pretty much they stop non-stop from Terra del Fuego to the Canadian Arctic they make a stop in Brazil to rest and relax and refuel and then they really continue it over the water over the Atlantic Ocean and only stop one more time um, primarily in Delaware Bay to rest and to refuel and if there's not enough food they really can't continue that journey and uh, they get too weak, and they literally just die. Sometimes they just like try to fly, and they fall oh uh, out of the sky, just dead. It's really sad. Yeah. It's a really sad story. So we don't want that to happen. So we want to protect our shorebirds as much as possible. Now, not all shorebirds have this really long migration. There are some shorebirds that you could find here along the Jersey Shore that nest and raise a family. One of them, one of my favorites, is the American oyster catcher. Oh. 
That's one of my favorites, too. And I've lived here for seven years. I have never seen one in person. Wait, you didn't have any American oyster catchers in Brooklyn? No, they didn't really. There's a lot of oyster bars in Brooklyn, so you would <laughs> think there would yeah. be some, but That's there true. aren't. Yeah. Uh, well, you got to join me one of these days for a bird watching tour. Yeah. Uh, American oyster catchers. Uh, their North American population is uh, it's on a state. In 2014, it was on the state of the birds watch list, which lists species most endangered of extinction without significant conservation action. So even though around here there's a decent population of American oyster catchers, at one point in time there was a lot more. And that population is decreasing. And you might be asking, why is that the case? Why is American oyster catchers' population decreasing? Sea level rise is having a problem. You know, global climate change, sea level rise. As the sea is rising, it's just taking away our beaches, eroding our beaches, eroding away habitat for American oyster catchers. And again, also lots of people on the beaches, and that disturbs the birds as well, too. It's a species of of special concern in several states along the East Coast, including right here in New Jersey. And it's listed as a yellow species, indicating a national conservation concern by the National Audubon Society. So that bird, that beautiful bird, uh, more help needs to be done for the American oyster catcher. And then piping plovers. Piping so plovers. cute. So, so cute. About the size of the palm of your hand or maybe your hand depending on how big your hand is. <laughs> 96 pairs of piping plovers nested in New Jersey in 2018. 96. Now, that might sound pretty good. No, that doesn't sound like a lot to me. It's a 9% decrease compared to 2017 when there was 105 pairs. And that's the second consecutive year for decline in the statewide paired numbers. Uh, it was 115 in 2016. So if it, recently it was um, an article uh, in one paper. It might have been, um, I don't know, I forget the name of the paper. But uh, it reported that um, baby piping plovers are increasing, but the adults are decreasing, hmm. right? So isn't that crazy? Yeah. So it seems the kids are doing pretty well. But then, you know, after, who knows, once they leave, once they migrate, they go down south for the wintertime. Who knows what happens to them after that, right? Mm -hmm. So some of them will come back. Uh, obviously, not enough are coming back. And uh, the adult population is not doing that well. And what's kind of uh, interesting to see what happens is a lot of the piping plovers, a lot of the adult piping plovers will go to the Bahamas and spend the winter over at the Bahamas. Uh -oh. Well, we just know what happened to the Bahamas, right? Yeah. There was a huge hurricane. Do you remember yeah. the name of the hurricane? Oh, I should know the name of the hurricane. It was like a... I'm, I'm bad with that. Me too. But there was a hurricane that just decimated, especially the northern part of the Bahamas. And a lot of the piping plovers will go down the Bahamas and spend the winter over there. So it'll be interesting to see if that's still the case, yeah. if there is habitat for them to enjoy the winter season in the Bahamas or if they go someplace else. Mm -hmm. um, that'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Mm -hmm. So in 2018, the most recent data on piping plovers, the 2018 population is well below the long-term average of 117 pairs in New Jersey. And it's the third lowest pair numbers recorded since federal listing in 1986. In contrast, statewide, uh, state, statewide productivity 
in 2018 was the highest recorded since federal listing and well above the long-term average. So New Jersey isn't doing well when it comes to its piping plover population. It's doing better in other states. Massachusetts is doing pretty good. But here in New Jersey, um, the piping plover population isn't really doing all that well. We need more help for the piping plover population. Sandy Hook is doing pretty well. Uh, but other parts of the Jersey Shore, not so much. Didn't they cancel their entire like summer music festival because of the nesting piping plovers this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now they put out a press release and saying, hey, we did the right thing because the piping plover population is doing pretty well at Sand Hook. It's really one of the hot spots for piping plovers. Um, their nesting piping plover population is really one of the best in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So maybe they did the right decision. Um, time will tell. We'll see. Sounds like it. Yeah. But there are other shorebirds, right? So the decline of shorebirds represents one of the top conservation crises facing birds in the world today. And, and again, let's just get back to that point. Just like passenger pigeons, there used to be millions of passenger pigeons all over the place. There was just so many of them that the abundance obscured sometimes the entire sky. There was just as they flew over. The fact that 24 million eastern meadowlarks still survive hides the fact that 74 million have gone today. Mm-hmm. Right? And there are still a lot of birds out there that people see and they're like, ah, and who cares, right? But if you have a lot of birds coming to your feeder and they're reduced by 30%, you might not see that. And the loss of abundance can happen right under our noses. And what's interesting, again, people might say, well, you know, who cares about shorebirds? Why is shorebirds really all that part important? First of all, they're beautiful birds. We might not understand the full connections of just how important they are. Right. So getting back to the passenger pigeon, which was this beautiful pigeon-like bird, there was just millions of them all over the place. And we killed them off. We overhunted them for their food. I guess they were tasty. I don't know. Maybe they taste like chicken. I'm not sure. <laughs> but they're gone now, and it's only been like several decades after they're gone that we start to realize just how important the passenger pigeon was. One reason why our tick population is up, one reason why there is so many people getting infected with tick-borne diseases is because we lost the passenger pigeon. And the passenger pigeon liked to, in part, eat ticks. Right. So we've, we've only realized that in the last couple of decades that you know, passenger pigeons were really important to have. And the loss of the passenger pigeon has impacted local ecology when it comes to controlling naturally our tick population. So, you know, we might not see the full um, benefit of shorebirds right now. It's only after they're gone, unfortunately, in many cases, do we really realize just how important these species are. Everyone has a role to play in the ecosystem, whether it's obvious or not. Everybody has a niche, right? Yeah. Everybody has a job or a role to play. I mean, shorebirds, they're really, if you think about the entire bird population, there's only a small percentage of shorebirds. There's only about 217 species of shorebirds worldwide. Shorebirds make up a rather small percentage of the more than 8,000 species of of, of birds found on the planet. They're really small birds in many cases, sometimes no bigger than the size of the palm of your hand, like piping plovers or birds like that. And to the casual coastline visitor, the birds can often be easily overlooked and, and out of mind and out of sight. So, you know, it's it's easy for people to go to the beach and just say, ah, you know, there's no birds here. 
Who really cares, right? But shorebirds are really important to protect. They're beautiful birds, and they've been here for a long period of time, and they have every right to enjoy the Jersey Shore and our beaches just as as every people uh, just as people do. We need to learn to share the coast and share our beaches, not just with people, but with wildlife as well too, and that includes shorebirds. I agree, but what can we do, Joe? So there are some things that we can do, some uh, ways to protect migratory shorebirds. Number one, obviously, Jen, is to protect habitat, protect our wetlands, beaches, mudflats, maritime forests, other natural coastal areas. We need all. To, we need everybody to do this. We need a better job of managing land uh, for the needs of coastal wildlife. So we need to do a better job of just protecting what little open space is out there. We need to save that now. And we need to respect the science. So people, volunteers, nonprofit organizations, uh, government agencies will put out signs saying, don't walk this way. We need to respect those signs. I can't tell you how many times I go to the beach, I see the signs, Mm -hmm. and guess what people do? They walk right past those mm-hmm. signs, right? Right past those signs and yes. into those bird nesting areas. And it really freaks out the birds. I should point out that, you know, these little baby birds, like the little baby piping plovers. Yeah, they're so small. They're really small. They're about the size of a cotton ball mm-hmm. with legs and a beak. So cute, right? And these birds, when they're born, it's not like robins when, like, mother bird gives them a worm to eat and mm-hmm. they just stay in the nest. These little piping plovers are on their own looking for food. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very easy to scare the piping plovers, little baby piping plovers, so much so that they might have a hard time looking for food, and they could easily just die. Mm-hmm. So we need to respect their habitat, protect their habitat, and protect those little uh, piping plovers and other shorebirds as well, too, as they're going around looking for food. Which, really, we shouldn't also linger near their nests. I know people always want to take selfies and pictures of wildlife. We live in an Instagram world. It's true. And I know people want to do that, but don't. Don't linger Mm -hmm. near their nests. If you want to take a picture, get a really good camera with a good lens. Get a uh, spotting scope or binoculars if you want to see them. But really, don't don't linger linger near their nests. Don't hang out their nests. Don't, don't put your beach chair near their nest, right? Respect their home. Respect their habitat. Um, it's exciting watching birds, but we need to respect their home and their habitat, just like you don't want a bunch of people hanging out on your front yard. Nature Wildlife doesn't want people hanging out near their home as well, too. They want to have some privacy. If you own a pet, be a responsible pet owner. Keep cats indoors. These animals especially can harass or kill chicks and adults. There are lots of uh, wild cats or feral cats out there, and we need to do something to control them. Pick up trash, Jen. Pick up trash and food on the beach. Garbage attracts predators such as gulls and crows and foxes that prey upon uh, bird Mm -hmm. eggs and chicks. Mm -hmm. So don't feed the gulls. Don't feed the birds. Let them get their own food. That way, you know, the birds are not going to stay in one area. They're going to spread out. And then also, if you see people dog walking or doing vandalism on, uh, or other suspicious activities, report that. Speak up. Call the police. Call park rangers. Let them know. I can't tell you how many horror stories I've been told by park rangers of people literally just killing piping plovers okay. or taking their eggs. So people have a problem with wildlife sometimes. People will do nasty things with wildlife 
So please report that. If you see that, call the police, call uh, park rangers. If you'd like to fish, be a responsible fisherman, be a responsible anger, angler, mm-hmm. angler. <laughs> uh, be sure not to leave any fishing line or equipment behind. Protect horseshoe crabs. Turn them over when you find one that's on its back. Uh, protect their habitat. And also, most importantly, if you're listening to this podcast, please raise awareness with your family and friends. Let them know as well, too, about the plight of shorebirds and all birds. We need to do a better job of talking about um, the troubles and problems with our bird population here in North America and the United States of America. People like to talk about a variety of things. It always seems that birds and shorebirds in particular are always low on that list. They're not cuddly like seals and dolphins and things like that. So they, yeah. they uh, you know, people don't find them as important. But it's true. It's hard important. to it's hard to hug these birds yeah. in many cases. They don't like being hugged. They don't like being thoughts. hugged. They yeah. might uh, peck your eyes out or something. Yeah. So people have that thought. Probably was the movie The Birds yeah. from Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. You know, Tippi Hedren didn't do a lot for birds. Yeah, it's Last true. Though, she was a big cat saver, but yeah, didn't do yeah. a lot for birds. It's true. So all these things, if you can do all these things, it will help protect our bird population along the Jersey Shore. They're, they're beautiful birds. They do these marathon migrations, you know, in many cases, traveling thousands of miles. Uh, they are part of the Jersey Shore. They're part of our coast. And so we need to do more to protect our migratory shorebirds, and um, they're just in big trouble. And so if we could do more, that would be a great thing. Yeah. Come join us. We're trying to do more. Yeah. And also, don't forget, pollution is really bad as well, too. So if you, um, if you see any pollution in the water, if you, see, you know, if you see people pouring pollution in the water, like sometimes people will do oil changes, pour that right down the storm drain, just please report that to the police as well, too. Uh, nobody likes to swim in polluted water, and nobody likes to forage for fish uh, like shorebirds. You have ospreys that forage for fish. You have birds that will forage right along the edge looking for small little invertebrates. And so any pollution that gets into the water uh, could uh, impact these birds uh, as they're looking for food. And lots of garbage like plastic along the shoreline, yeah. too. Yeah, I absolutely. bring a garbage bag every time I go to the beach and try and pick up as much plastic as I can because it just gets smaller and smaller, and they eat it. Yeah, it's true. So if you can do all that, if you could help our environment by picking up trash, protecting habitat, letting other people know, um, if you see anything suspicious going on, let the police, let park rangers know as soon as possible. We need to do more to protect our shorebirds population. So um, that's all I have to say. Me too. I think you've said it all, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. And until next time, I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us here for Save Coastal Wildlife, the podcast. More information can be found on our website at www.savecoastalwildlife.com. Jen, thank you so much. I love shorebirds. I hope everybody loves shorebirds out there. And until next time, see, see you, you later. later.